The Athletic. The only way to score is, of course, to play uh, with a hand break off. Hello, I'm Ian Stone. This is Handbrake of the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Today, we'll be talking about Gabriel Magalhaes, how we've developed tactically this season, as well as choosing our goal of the month. (laughs) Couldn't have done this in December, could we? Anyway, uh, safe to say... There are a few to pick from. I'm joined by Adrian Clark and Art de Roche. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, before we start talking about our rock of a centre-half, another centre-half, an ex-centre-half, May United centre-half, Rio Ferdinand, he was recorded talking about, I don't know whether this was a wind-up, to be honest with you, because he was saying how if Man United uh, dispensed with the services of Eric Ten Hag and they said, our man is Arteta, we want Arteta, Rio Ferdinand said, and he, he this was recorded, he can't deny this, said, oh, Mikel Arteta would leave for uh, Arsenal for May United 100%. Uh, I believe it might be one of the most delusional things I've ever heard um, in my life. Um, although there's been a few comedians I've met who've gone, oh, I could do uh, 20 minutes at a comedy store. I thought, mate, no, no, you couldn't. But um, really, utterly ridiculous. And he obviously got a tremendous amount of stick. So we were thinking about delusion and what are the most delusional things you've heard. Art, you were going to talk about Twitter, weren't you? I mean, there's loads of it on there. (laughs) Well, that's the point. I think if you go on Twitter any given day, you'd see... I I actually can't actually give you a number of how many delusional takes you'd probably see, but... No, but this um, is Rio Ferdinand, Art. This is a man who... You know, I've met Rio. mm. He... He appears to know what he's talking about. But when it comes to the punditry and and their particular clubs, whether it's Man United or Liverpool, because there's generally the clubs that they come from, they seem completely one-eyed. And, and, and more than perhaps some of the Arsenal. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. It's difficult <laughs> to say. But I, I'd say to that, like, people don't have to pay too much attention to it if they know, like, if they know it's not coming from a place of yeah, actual knowledge, then why actually bite on those sorts of things? That's what kind of confuses me about Twitter so much is that the outrage from Arsenal fans always makes these things a lot bigger than they actually should be. So yeah, hopefully if anyone's listening, maybe don't be so quick to bite on them because then you don't give it as much oxygen to actually grow. What a, honestly, Adrian, I'm I'm in awe of of uh, Art's wisdom at such a young age. Genuinely, <laughs> so that's wise, exactly it's exactly the sort of thinking we shouldn't even be discussing this. You're absolutely right. <laughs> but I mean, isn't Rio I mean, a twerp? Seriously, I mean, come on, what is that all about? I mean, what is that? All about, we're not in the Adrian? early two thousands, are we? We're not in the early noughties, or not? No, mid to late noughties, rather, where we lost players to Manchester United. You know, like Van Persie. It's you know, Arteta would would never dream of doing that. It's it's a non nonsense thing to say. Don't really know what he was thinking there. Um, I, I've only just found out about this opener, so I'm thinking on the hoof. Um, and, and the first thing that comes to my mind is Man City fans. They are absolutely deluded when it comes to their club and the morals of their club and the the way that they have built their success and these charges they are very difficult fan base to engage with sensibly uh, around um, <laughs> around all matters <laughs> financial and actually 
just any kind of criticism of Manchester City, the way they the, the way they go about their work off the pitch, um, is yeah the, the the things that I've heard and had to listen to from City fans is completely deluded. I've stopped listening to them, to be honest with you. I, not only have I stopped listening to them, I've stopped watching them as well. I mean, I just don't give a shit. Mm. <laughs> I genuinely don't. Like the other day, uh, Harlan got five, four De Bruyne uh, assists. I thought, I couldn't give a shit. I mean, I couldn't. I watched Newcastle mm. against um, Blackburn in the cup the other day. I don't want to watch them. I don't want to watch them because it all seems a little bit clinical and what is the point of it all? I mean, interesting enough, Man United fans of my acquaintance, they absolutely want Arsenal to win. They obviously don't want City to win, but I think they hate Liverpool more, yeah. uh, to be honest with you. But in terms of delusion, Gary Neville said stuff about Arsenal. Wasn't there a whole interview when Gary Neville was talking about, I don't know what Mikel Arteta's plan is, what mm. their this maybe the strategy and stuff yeah, like that. yeah that's right all that so we've heard it loads and loads of times and as I was moaned about on the pod on Monday we had Carragher like mentioning us during the uh, <laughs> the league cup that finals. was incredible to, yeah. it was a little <laughs> I mean, bit it's it's nothing so to wrong. do with us it was just so wrong well we're in their heads which is nice <laughs> right We I like the fact that we're in their heads one of the things one of the reasons of course that we're in their heads is because we're challenging and one of the main reasons we're challenging is because of a certain man who is I think our wall at the back crowding in there in front of him now though and it's off again He's becoming a real leader in the team. And there's the header for Gabriel. He loves scoring against Fulham, this fella. In by Odegaard, Gabriel scores! It's another one! Really good defending from Gabriel. Yeah, he's still pumped. Look at him, he's still proud that he's wearing that shirt. He's a player with, with a huge ambition. That's a fantastic tackle and had to be as well of Gabriel. It is Arsenal's number six. Yeah, he started the season on the bench, Gabby. There were links to Saudi. I was a bit worried by that, I'll be honest with you. He formed such a good partnership with William Saliba last season. Uh, but he's come back in the side. He was left out inexplicably, I thought, mm. early on in the season, Adrian. But he's he's been exceptional, hasn't he, this year? It's one of those where you look back at those team sheets and you're thinking, did that actually happen? Like what was what was going on there? Because it was hard to understand at the time, and and I think it was to I think it was to do with Thomas Partey kind of being in the side at, at right back and 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 whatnot, and just the balance of the of the side. But yeah, Gabriel and Saliba is 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 a formidable partnership. It's it's up there. It's probably the best in the league, if I'm honest. I think Spurs have got a good one now. I think that that Canate and Van Dijk are, are pretty strong, but. I don't think I'd swap it. I don't think I'd swap our centre halves for for anybody. I like the cut of their jib, and it's it, yeah, it's just it's just hard to believe that that those links were there to Saudi and that he didn't actually start those games. But he, he's a sensational um, presence within the team. I think it's his determination that really stands out. Just, just the aggression in everything that he does, not, not, not least in the way that he, he's so fiercely passionate about escaping his markers at set pieces. I mean, that's that that that's been outstanding to watch, hasn't it? I mean, uh, oh, he has. Mikel Arteta said recently he's become a real leader in the team. It's not just how he plays, is it? It's the example he sets to everyone. He's 26 now, so he's one of the older players in the group. Uh, he's got some experience and he seems to be getting more of a personality on the pitch. Yeah, one of the big things with that, I think, was 
I remember that was a few weeks ago and I asked Mikel about it and he mentioned how mature Gabriel's become because of things both on the pitch and off the pitch. And obviously he's started his own family, which helps with that. But also um, speaking to a few people at the club, they mentioned how a lot of the coaches put quite a lot of focus in actually telling him that he would be more of a leader in that Saliba Gabriel partnership. Obviously, Saliba's only 22 years old. So you could see he's taken that responsibility and basically ran with it. And personally, I think what's been really encouraging to see is, I guess, I felt from very early on, he was an amazing centre-back, but there always was that accusation that, oh, he has a mistake in them. I don't think he has that anymore. And he's been, I think, Arsenal's most consistent player for two years, going on three years, I'd say. Yeah. Along with Saka, obviously. But his growth, I think, is a really good example, not just to young centre-backs, but young players in general in terms of arriving somewhere where you're quite young. Now he's already played over 150 games for Arsenal, 26 years old, still got a lot of development probably to do as well. So really nice kind of progression. No, and and you're right about that partnership. We keep those two together for the next five, six years. I mean, quick, <laughs> there's, not a lot gonna, there's not a lot going through there. As you said, uh, Adrian, four goals already this season, almost got a fifth against Newcastle. Um, he is so dangerous from set pieces. You'd imagine our set piece coach would be, he would be one of the first players that they would aim for, right? <laughs> he is, he's target number one, I would have thought. Yeah, like if, when you man mark him, and most teams do choose to man mark Gabriel for, for for sensible reasons, then you're kind of in trouble. Whoever's, whoever's looking after him, whoever's been <laughs> delegated Gabriel's dr- drawn the short store because... He's really clever, actually, at the, the way he sort of manipulates space and the way that he sort of shrugs people off. And most of our routines are designed to free him up to to attack the, the space that we've deliberately created. And, yeah, he, he attacks those crosses with real conviction, doesn't he? There's nothing half-hearted yeah. about no. him. So, yeah, no, well, there's nothing he's, half-hearted he's, about anything he does, no, is there, really? I, I wouldn't want to play against him. I mean, if you're a striker... You, you, he's always sort of looking to nip in front, isn't he? He's, he's touched tight quite a lot. I also think this season he's come, well, not just this season, last season as well, but with Zinchenko coming in field, he's had to basically play at left back in possession, uh, which is something that, that maybe he wouldn't have experienced too often previously. And I think that's helped develop his passing range. I think that he's, his distribution is, has improved because of that. We've seen him step forward a lot more often. We, we've seen him go on the charge a little bit like Tony Adams used to back in the day. He's not afraid to do that now. And of course, because teams are dropping off deeper and deeper against us, his touches are now higher up the pitch. So it's really important that he sort of builds that chemistry with a Martinelli in particular, really on, on his outside. And, and I think that they've really struck up a nice understanding. I yeah. think he's, he feeds him now with a lot of good passes. Yeah, I mean, his passing, there's no doubt his passing has improved. There was a, a pass against Newcastle. 25 yards through five Newcastle players first time. I mean, he does get a lot of time in the ball. Oh, I remember Sol Campbell, God bless him, he was an amazing centre-half, but quite often teams would drop off and let him have the ball because they felt his distribution was perhaps not as good as the rest of the team. And when you look at the rest of the team, you can understand why. <laughs> and I felt that, that teams used to do that with Gabriel, but I mean, he's doing passes from deep through the lines 
and opening teams up. It's 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 a, it's another sign of that confidence, isn't it? Definitely. And I think one thing that probably goes into that as well is without Zinchenko on that side, you probably need someone else to play those passes because now a lot more of the plays going through Ben White and Declan Rice on the right, then who actually is going to progress the ball on the left? It's going to be Gabriel, obviously, because Kivior is going to be much wider than Zinchenko ever was. So I think that's another, I guess, example of him maybe taking on a bit more responsibility on the pitch in a different way um, than we've mentioned before. And he seems to be really relishing that. So hopefully it continues because I was actually at his debut against Fulham and he had to be kind of like coached through the game by Rob Holden, which seems like, it seems insane to say now, but um, I feel like even that day, you could see the real makings of a proper quality centre-half and he's just grown year on year. So hopefully he continues to grow even more. Declan Rice said, because he was interviewed about when he arrived and what he thought about the whole place, he said, The one who's really surprised me is actually Gabriel. He's so aggressive, so strong. Um, you know, really wants it all the time, never loses a duel. Um, and when you've got two centre-backs like that who want it, helps. play aggressive, it really helps and, and gives you confidence. Adrian, we've been on this podcast in the past when Lee Dixon used to do it a while ago, and he talked about the relationship between the holding midfield player and the two centre-halves and that triangle and the aggression and the and the anticipation and the way that they play. I mean, it essentially forces opponents to go wide, right? And And... Declan Rice saw it straight away. We know how lucky we are to have him. Yeah, that that axis is is, is arguably the best in the division, isn't it? In terms of, of what we've got there, um, I know that City have got Rodri in front of their two centre halves, but like I said, I wouldn't swap our centre halves for theirs. So, so yeah, I think that that is a that's one of the reasons why we we face so few shots. He does lose the occasional duel. I'm just looking: sixty three point four percent of duels he wins, six, almost sixty one percent of his aerial duels. That they're still very very good numbers for for Gabriel. Just on that though, I I don't really feel like a centre back has to win it like every duel now. Every duel because sometimes it'll all be about the second ball. So yeah. I just yeah. wanted to mention that because I'm no. not like dig- digging you out or anything. But, no, uh, no, I get I get that. Just to add a bit more context because I don't want people to take that the wrong way. No, no, fair enough. The other thing I just wanted to mention briefly is, is, is that I think the makeup of the squad also helps him. He's not on his own, is he? You've got Gabriel Martinelli, you've got Gabriel Jesus in there, you've got Jorginho, who's sort of half South American himself. I think that that collective is is very good. For, for, for their own well-being, but also for the harmony of the group, because you know what South Americans are like. They bring a certain light and energy to the group, but the fact that he's not on his own has helped massively, in my opinion. We just wanted to sort of express in this little midweek pod that we do our appreciation of uh, Gabriel Megalis. I mean, we do talk about this, but he's a man who, who undoubtedly deserves a song for what he's been doing for us and what hopefully he will do for us for the rest of the season. This is Handbrake Off, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com 
slash courtside to learn more. They get a handbrake off and you can see that they are more free to play. Ian Stone, Adrian Clark, Art de Rocher on the Athletics Arsenal podcast, Handbrake Off. We thought we'd delve a bit deeper into the tactical changes we've seen Mikel implement this season. Adrian, mm. we all love last season, or, or most of it, but were we too one-dimensional? Essentially get it out to the wide men and then just, you know, they're, they're just pace to burn and skills to burn and it was a little bit if you can work out if you can force Arsenal out to the wide areas get two men on Saka two men on Martinelli and also stop Odegaard doing what he does you stop a lot of what Arsenal did yeah th- th- this is sort of oversimplification of it but yeah <laughs> of course it was I said it that's why I'm asking you <laughs> the um yeah, we, we had our plan A and the plan B wasn't wholly different, was it? There wasn't yeah too much difference in the way that we went about our working games. And I think that was one criticism levelled at Arteta towards the, the business end of the season. Have you got another way when, when they do nullify those threats out wide? And, and, and obviously with Zinchenko coming infield as a matter of course, that sort of narrowed us down a little bit. So no, I think the whole basis of the involvement of the team this season has been centred around variance. Uh, I think that the community shield was the case in point because if you remember, you cast your mind back to it, we always played against Manchester City the way we play. And in that game, we didn't. We, we went with a much more pragmatic setup. We were much more cautious. We, we set out to, to be strong down the spine of the field. And it worked. We won the game, albeit on penalties. But it showed that we it showed that we'd learned and that we'd we'd, we'd found a plan B. And that's that's developed into our big game uh, alternative, hasn't it? That we've seen seen of late, and it helped us beat City, helped us beat Liverpool. Um, other things have have worked. You know, I think the, the acquisition of Havertz has um, has given him much more license as well to to try different things because he's like he's he's a player that kind of doesn't fit the mold and and I think that Arsenal not fitting the tactical mold is is the way that Arteta wanted this team to develop and I'm sure Art's got his thoughts on on some of the ways that that we have changed this year. Uh Art oh, well I mean Kai Havertz Obviously, we spent quite a lot of time, all Arsenal fans have spent quite a lot of time talking about Kai Havertz and and it was a little bit worrying at first. But now, for a big game, you'd probably have him in the starting 11, wouldn't you? And and, and is it is it because of what Adrian says, that the, you're not quite sure where he's going to be, he's harder to pick up, he can arrive late in the box, he has, he has qualities that no one else really does in this team. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a major benefit. And for Arteta himself, he's almost had to, I guess, learn when the right times to use him in certain ways are. So a couple of weeks ago, I asked him like if he's actually been quite upset with not having certain players available because of injury. And he said it's actually a great opportunity to adapt players in certain positions, roles and spaces and see how they react. And then a couple of days later, we saw the Havertz and Trossard kind of partnership um, for the first time, I think, at West Ham. That seems to, that seemed to work though, didn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Right. I, yeah. And I yeah. think sometimes it may not be something that was planned from, say, August or July, but if he is open enough now, 
or more open than last season to see, okay, maybe this is a, a dynamic that could be worth exploring, then I think it just shows that he's grown as a coach, which is obviously uh, very encouraging for the back end of the season. And Adrian, uh, on that point, I mean, it's a long season. You start in August, you finish, you know, hopefully June the 1st in the Champions League final. But yeah, it, 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 throughout all that time, you you just don't know how things are gonna are gonna turn out, and you maybe in one game you put Havertz and Trossard together, say on the training ground even, or uh, late on in the game, and you see something, you think, oh, that could work really well, and then suddenly that becomes another possibility. But it's all down, is it not, to the versatility of the players? We've been on here many times talking about how the players they all seem to be able to play in a number of different positions and a number of different ways, and that. That's what he's all always been aiming at, Mikel Arteta, is that, that adaptability and being able to play in different positions. Yeah, it's about fluidity, isn't it? And and that's that when, that's the vision he had, I think, at the outset when he took over the job. He had so much more he had to do. He had to put so many building blocks in place to get to this point. And I think he's done brilliantly at doing that. And now he he's developed this clearly defined style of play. Now, that style of play doesn't change. If the system changes, if players are in different positions, it's it, it's all about interchanging. It's about it's about catching opponents off guard. I, I loved the Liverpool Cup. Was it the Cup game where where we lost? But it worked in terms of we played uh, the twin false nines with with Havertz. Or was it the league game? I can't remember. Havertz and Erdegaard basically played when we went to press. It was a four four two. When we were sitting in a low block, it was a four two four zero. And then everything in between. Yeah, everything in between was 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 kind of looked like the usual Arsenal. So, and know, we created a lot of chances in that so game. So much chance, mm. so many chances yeah. in that game. So, you know, even that is a is a is an improvement on the false nine variants that we've seen previously um, with yeah. Arsenal. So, yeah, it's um, he's a clever guy, isn't he? The manager, he really is. He's 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 got his eye on so many different things, and I think next year we'll probably look even slightly different again. You know, he's just always um, moving. I mean, we've talked a hell of a lot about the set pieces. I think we said the other day, 19 goals from set pieces. I mean, they were joking about it on Match of the Day. I think Troy Deeney said this, set piece coach deserves a pay rise. I think he'll be getting one as well, (laughs) to be honest with you. Um, But we are a menace at set pieces. I think the fact that Declan Rice can take such a wicked free kick and corner, I mean, I didn't realise quite how good he was. But looking back... He took him at West Ham quite regularly. So oh, that has made an enormous difference as well. I I mean, I remember so many corners from a few years ago that hit the first man. I, I don't remember us doing that recently. No, everything's very well planned out. And on Rice, the, the ball for Kivior's goal is actually ridiculous. Like the, the area he's put it in and the shape he's got on that with that pace as well, I... I completely understand when Mikel Arteta has said we've seen that as just something that we can use to our advantage. And I should say. <laughs> to the point of uh, from the growth from a few years ago, I think since uh, Jovez come in, Arsenal have scored more set-piece goals than anyone in the Premier League. I think it's 50 
at the minute, um, but I can double check Ridiculous. with Jay. The one I liked was the free kicker way at West Ham mm. that he took. Yeah. That was basically aiming for the sort of near post, the corner near post. It? And it, it was pretty much unplayable. The goalkeeper, the goalkeeper couldn't come and get it. And Gabriel just ran onto it and glanced it in. But if it wasn't him, it would have been someone behind him. I think Havertz. Gabriel right did him. give him a little chat before he took it. Um, I'm not he sure did. You he did. But the fact that he says to him, can you put it in this spot? <laughs> and he put it exactly in that spot. And I and like I say, there was a shot from behind where you see Declan Rice taking it. And I love the way he whipped that ball in. I genuinely do. Brilliant technically, isn't he? Yeah. The, 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 I think blindside runs have been the key to, to our success. So, this Kivio one's a great example that Art's brought up because it's the most simple set piece ever. It's basically basically someone in the far post region makes a run across at the last minute, nips in front of the, the man across the near stick. It's it's not that fancy. There were no blockers. There were no, there was no no crazy movement. It's just one player running to meet the ball just ahead of the opposition defender. But that I think is at the core of a lot of our set piece success, and it relies on delivery. If that delivery is whipped in at the right speed. The defenders, because they're looking at the ball, they're not they're not looking what's behind them. They can't afford to. So we're just basically coming in at the very last second to to flick them either on or into the back of the net. It's happened so many times. It's it, it's genius it's genius is in its simplicity, really, but it relies on Rice, Saka, Martinelli, whoever's taken it, to to be on the money with the deliveries and and they have really improved. I think what's been really important to kind of unlocking Rice in that role as well is the fact that Arteta said Arsenal actually have better players that they can use inside the box in those set-piece situations, which when he first said probably sounds ridiculous because of how tall Declan Rice is. But I know we've mentioned this before. This is now a very tall Arsenal team. So you've got players like Gabriel Saliba and Kivior in there already why not use someone with such great uh, delivery when so much of what you're looking for depends on that? Someone who's not tall, David Raya. <laughs> I mean, the goalkeeper was one of the smaller players <laughs> in our team at the moment, which is a little bit weird, but why not? I mean, we've had quite a bit of control over games, certainly in the last few weeks. It's been astonishing. David is not getting... Nobody's really talking about David Raya. Adrian, on the podcast on Monday, I mentioned that pass out to um, uh, Bukayo Saka, who controlled it like the king that he is, came inside, ran at them, gave it to Martinelli, who gave it to Havertz, who should have scored. Um, but Raya's pass out um, was really on the money. I mean, it was right to him. And he's doing that more often now. And that really is what we bought him for. Look, Ramsdale's distribution is good as well. I mean, don't forget it. I mean, I'll never forget the performance at, at Leicester a couple of years ago where he was zinging passes into midfield. Ramsdale is a brilliant distributor in my Do you in, think Raya is better than Ramsdale at distribution, though? Because I thought that was the... that I, I, I thought that was one of the reasons that, that they bought I think him. he's more comfortable at um, luring opponents onto him and playing through gaps than Aaron Ramsdale. I think Aaron Ramsdale's technique at striking the ball is is almost as good, if not just as good as, as David Ryers, personally. Yeah. David Ryers, so got a, he's got a ping on him. He, he can do, David Ryer can do the sort of 70-yard launch over over a high back fork very well, actually. But, but I don't think there's that much. I just think Ryer is more suited 
to saying, come on then, come come and get me. And then he'll just he'll just pass it into someone through bodies. Yeah. But I think in general, just David Rye is more confident now. And his passing's better. Everything's better about his game. He's more comfortable cl- coming out and making those claims. The, the thing is, the thing he's not had to do much of his saves. I mean, no, it's, it's crazy. that's true. No, that that is true as well with what we, what he's got in front of him. Our our, uh, our defenders, in fact, the way we're defending as a team. That, in fact, while we're talking about that, this sort of four four two out of possession that we were doing maybe last season. That's evolved as well, hasn't it, Art? The way that we're pressing. I mean, Martin Odegaard is leading the press, and my God, the energy that 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 boy's got. But we suffocate teams now. I remember Liverpool from about three seasons ago doing that to us at Anfield in, when uh, during the COVID time when I have never felt so tense watching a game because our boys did not have a millisecond <laughs> on the ball. And I think that's what it's like to play against Arsenal at the moment. Yeah, I think Adrian mentioned it earlier, but the community shield was basically the bl- blueprint because you have Erdegaard who's always been doing that work. But then when he's actually got the support of Declan Rice, who mm. covers ground like no one I've seen. Like I remember being at Wembley for that game. And I think it's the tackle on Bernardo Silva, where he just, yeah. he comes out of nowhere. And it was a very, it was very much a wow moment. And he's done that multiple times since then. Um, and I feel like that obviously allows Arsenal to play a bit higher, be more dominant, which is, I think the word that, Arteta prefers instead of control, but also, and this is going to go in a piece tomorrow, which is actually about David Raya, but Arsenal's defensive line has got higher again this year. So um, I think it's the average kind of distance from goal where they catch opposition teams offside is now 30 metres. And four seasons ago, that was at 21 metres. So um, huge difference. Very big difference. Huge difference. Mm. And obviously, Declan Rice has a lot to do with that. The Athletics' Nick Miller recently said the following, there are many other candidates to be player of the year, but there are few for whom weekly excellence is now just taken as the standard. And there aren't many who have completed their teams quite as much as Declan Rice. I mean, Adrian, I I said it a few months ago. I know they're very physically different, uh, but I, I remember when Kante came with Leicester in the year that Leicester won the title and he was everywhere and you thought, well, how does he do that? And I get the same feeling with Declan Rice. It's a really important position. It's just such a vital one, just in and out of possession because you're obviously the, the launch pad for a lot of attacks as well. Um, he's sensational, you know, with and without the ball. You know, we've seen him drive forward a lot more. We saw that from that left eight position the other day. He's been yeah, a phenomenal signing. We we knew that he would be. And I agree with Art. I think he helps us with our press because he, he really does squeeze up quite, often quite late on. He'll watch it, he'll watch it, and then bang, he'll get really tight to one of the midfielders and steal it. He almost tempts the opposition to say, go on then, give it a try. Pass into that guy in the middle there and then he's on him and, and we've seen him rob... rob with the ball loads of times I've just just got a stat up actually that because I was just curious as we were talking there um, about our, our pressing which has undoubtedly got better and better and better year on year um, I've got the stats from 2020-21 in front of me and um, passes per defensive action is how many passes a team get uh, before we sort of disrupt it and uh, and whatnot, it's it's the best gauge of pressing, and we were lower mid table in, in that field um, 
what was it, three years ago, um, 14.3 passes per defensive action. That's now 9.9 and we're the second best. Shot ending high turnovers, wait for this, we got 41 in the entire season uh, in 2021. We're already on uh, 52 and and we lead the way in the Premier League this season when it comes to that. So, we're brilliant at suffocating teams and creating shots off the back of it. And it just, in games where where opponents do wind you up with their antics, do slow you down and double up on the wingers, you've got to find other ways to create chances. And pressing is, is one of the most underrated ways of creating a chance without having to be creative or imaginative. We have scored quite a lot of goals <laughs> in uh, February. Uh, I don't want this to seem too celebratory, but we are going to have a little goal of the month. We've got 18 to choose from. We've all got a list in front of us. Just choose one each. Oh, what are you going to take? It has to be Declan Rice at West Ham for me. I was lucky enough to be in the stadium and as the ball just went past Erdegaard and Trossard, you see him lining up and it everything went in slow motion. And I went... Oh my God, <laughs> in the press box. Are you allowed to do that? You'd have been drummed out a few years ago. To be fair, ago. it was, it was uh, more in a tone of surprise than celebration. So I think was it was it? all right. Yeah. Uh, was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair you enough. Know, I said it like as he hit, so I wasn't celebrating. It was a beautiful yeah. hit. It was a beautiful <laughs> hit. I, I did um, the telly show that I do, and we did a, a West Ham show last night, and I asked them whether they felt, you know, how they felt about Rice leaving and, and whether, they, uh, whether they're pleased for him. <laughs> and they looked at me like, what are you talking about? And I said, well, uh, you know, in the same way that Arsenal fans were pleased for Robin Van Persie when he left and <laughs> won the title of Man United. And so they understood that I was maybe joking, but there was a West Ham fan clapping behind the goal when that one went in. One guy who just couldn't help himself. And, and you thought, fair play, mate. That's how I would like to think I would be if it happened to us. Not the mm. players are going to leave us uh, any time soon, I would hope. Adrian, one from you. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to name drop here. I did a, a sort of player Q&A thingy yesterday with a few of the guys, um, Jorginho, Smith-Rowe and, and Fabio Vieira. They're good value, actually. The mood's good, I'm assuming. Oh, they would love it. Jorginho's very funny. He's yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah. He's yeah. a good character. And we were talking about goals of the season, actually, and the two that they'd sort of narrowed it down to was Eddie Nketiah against Sheffield United. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable nice goal. Yeah. And, and, and Declan's won at West Ham. And in the end, Declan's came second in their own sort of collective thinking to, to Eddie's one. Um, but for me, the, yeah, the goal of the month has to be Rice. There was, uh, Smith Rowe was v- loving Trossard's goal against Liverpool and he flicks it past the player and runs down the left and then and then chops in that that was a really crafty goal I loved it yeah um, that's a very Smith Rowe type goal I feel I'd With say a little flick you could see him doing it he, couldn't you yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> he would think he could he could do something like that and hopefully we'll see that uh, very very soon um, my one I mean, looking at this list, there's some beautiful goals. Saka v West Ham when he cut inside the fullback, uh, where the centre half, and just. I mean, I like the goalkeeper just standing there and he's going, well, I'm not saving that. There's absolutely no way I'm saving that. That's like, that was like you do when you're playing against your your children in goal and you bury one in the corner and they look at you and go, Dad, stick Dad. Well, I've got no chance with that. And that's what it felt like to me. But the one I'm picking, and it's not, 
It's not a brilliant goal in so many ways, but Martin Erdegaard against Burnley, right, the first one, Martinelli put in out wide and that lovely ball across to Martin Erdegaard, that first touch, because mm. there wasn't a huge amount of room there. His first touch and then it's just a bullet into the bottom corner. He rifled it in. There's no chance for the keeper. And I thought, when you see a goal like that, you think, you know, when it's hit in that way, there is no chance for the keeper. But to stop the ball in the way he did and then just hit it with minimal bat lift, I thought, I just love watching him. That technique of that man is just I, I think both him and Saka are getting to a point where their technical ability is just allowing them to be as ruthless as possible. I think that's exactly right. And that was that is, that was a perfect example of uh, Erdegaard's ruthlessness. And Saka's one as well, where you went, we ain't going to miss that. I'd have put me house on that. My <laughs> missus would have had something to say about that, but I would have done it anyway. <laughs> Look, it's just a quick bet. He's through on goal. He's not going to miss. Um, Sheffield United on Monday night. Um, look, we're not going to say much about this, but there's no room for error, right? But the boys... They don't look like they're going to be complacent, Adrian. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw them against Brighton in the flesh at Bramwell Lane, and they got completely outplayed. And yeah, I think it's a game that we 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 should win to nil. I would imagine. You know that. I don't want to be dis- disrespectful, but they are the weakest team in the division. I think by, they're terrible, by, by some Adrian. Distance, they are yeah. not good at all. No, nah, we, we, if we can see the goal, I think it'd be hugely disappointing. If we Gutted. don't, if we don't score at least three, I think it it will feel disappointing. You know, because yeah, they're, they're weak, and I just think it's all about our mentality in the game. We've just got to have that ruthlessness that. That, that Art was mentioning there have the right attitude and based on recent performances I can't I can't see a scenario where we don't show up with those yeah well let's hope that is the case um, let's have a song Art what you got quite a simple one because it's a night game Nights by Frank Ocean <laughs> oh <laughs> I see what you've done there because it's a night Ooh. game <laughs> Okay, Adrian, can you match that level of, of <laughs> dissection and wit that Art just showed? No, that's, with that's that one? next level, isn't it? No, no <laughs> it chance. It is next level, yeah. I was trying yeah. to think of just something about the change, you know, the making changes with the, the tactics and the development and self improvement. Sia, I mean, I'm not from that familiar with this song. Sia you know, has got a very well known song called Courage to Change. And, and I think after the brilliant season that we had last year, it needed a little bit of courage on everybody's part to make changes and to say do you know what we can't we can be even better than this but to do that we've got to change a little bit so i think courage to change is is a good way of sort of summing up what we've what we've done this year yeah i've gone i was just thinking about rio ferdinand's ridiculous comment (laughs) And uh, uh, Madness, the Space band. Cowboy. Uh, uh, sp- well, <laughs> Space Cadet. <laughs> do you know what? That's a decent, decent shout. Uh, no, but I've gone, uh, Madness had a song called Madness. Madness. Madness, madness I call it madness. Madness, they call it madness. Because I was just thinking, that's mad. What are you talking about, mate? There is absolutely no way that Mikel Arteta would go anywhere near Manchester United at the moment. You know, do you want to do you want to go from a project to another project that's just not very far along? Do you fancy that? No, I, no, I don't. I'm enjoying this one. We're enjoying it as well. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of Am Break Off. Thanks to Art, thanks to Adrian, and thanks to Jay, our producer. And we'll see you Tuesday 
after Sheffield United. Ta-ra. Thank you.